Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hello, Tata. <laughs> Tata. <laughs> I do love my name. Yes, it's much better than my real name. Tata. <laughs> it's Kathy. It's Kathy. Guys, we have a very special guest today. It's my mother-in-law. We call her Tata. Her real name is Kathy. Um, so I was inspired to have Tata on the podcast because so many of you ask questions, especially clients when we're in plan, who are about to see in-laws or sometimes their own parents and are worried about you know, bringing up their sleep situation. In-laws don't agree. They have different ideas. Sometimes they're judgmental or give advice that makes them uncomfortable. And I'm very fortunate that that's not the case with me. And I thought it would be good to share a a different perspective, right? That it doesn't always look like that. And maybe some lessons we can all take from Tata on how (laughs) to communicate and collaborate, stop, drop, collaborate, and listen with our in-laws. So thanks for coming on, Kathy. Oh, it's a pleasure, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) So um, another reason I was not afraid to bring Kathy on to this podcast is because she actually worked in radio in her former life before she became the mom of three herself. Um, So before we get into the like sleep stuff, do you have a good... um, a good like anecdote story from your radio days, like a crazy person. I mean, I don't know if there's like NDAs you had to sign and you can't tell us, but anybody very interesting you interviewed or that was, you know, eccentric? Eccentric? Um, not, so- oh, yes, I'm sure I did. That threw me for a loop. Um, dreamy was, oh, um, <laughs> I did um, interview and spend a long interview with Robert Redford. Um, which I don't know, he's probably more older than most of you listeners uh, remember, but in my day, he was, he was the guy, and uh, so... Wait, didn't he hit on you? Well, so Okay, someone told me that he he was, he was, maybe that's why it was a long interview. No, he gave, no, I I don't know, maybe I imagined it, but (laughs) (laughs) no, but he, we had a really nice visit, you know, together and yeah, he, he wished was, it was nicer he but. was absolutely charming and he's not that short everybody says he's so short I can tell you he's not and uh yeah I've interviewed a lot of people but to um, be fair you're like five one so five two okay thank five two. you sorry yes, five two and yes, a half. going down but yep. still <laughs> I, I still claim five two that's fair that's fair <laughs> but anyway radio was wonderful but I have to say being a mom and a grandmother is the best and I loved my career, but I love my new roles uh, as mom and grandmother better right now. So That was so well said and also a really good segue into, <laughs> into moving along. So, okay, I, this is a question I think everyone's going to be curious about, but also I am too. For you as a mom and as a grandmother, mm-hmm. who did you look at as an influence, whether it was like your own mom or mother-in-law or like other friends or people around you, like... Who did you look to to kind of know what to do or emulate and say, like, that's that's kind of what I want to be like when I'm a mom or a grandma? Hmm. Boy, I don't know that I did try and emulate anyone. I think your own mother is always there in your head and how she handled situations and whether you you thought they were right or wrong in retrospect they that my mom was always in my head she was a wonderful mom in many respects but there were things I deliberately tried to do differently than 
than um, she did, I think. And uh, my mother and my first mother-in-law, um, wonderful woman, but I did the same thing, deliberately tried to do things differently than I <laughs> saw what she did um, in some ways. Um, but I guess there were some friends of mine who I thought were incredible mothers. Um, but uh, no, no one. No one guiding light. No one guiding light, no. So between your own mother and mother-in-law, what was like one thing that both of them did really well from your perspective as grandmothers, if you can think that you were like, when I'm a grandmother, I want to do something like that? Well, both of them, um, they were both very different personalities, but both of them were always very engaged with their grandchildren, and they were genuinely happy to be with them, and um, their energy was uh, felt by um, my children. And so I appreciated that. And I can see now how kind of easy it is to be a grandmother that way, because it's a part-time job. I you go get to, to you're, she's leaving. She's That's leaving me tomorrow. Right, I'm leaving, and I've, <laughs> it's been a wonderful visit. But um, you know, the most of the work lies with Brittany and Alex, and I can pitch in and hopefully be a help. But that. That's kind of a great place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that answered your question. No, but. it does. I think that's great that they were engaged because you're very engaged with our kids. So that makes total sense. Is there anything, you don't even have to say who it was, and it could even not be your mom or your mother-in-law. I'm not going to throw anyone deceased under the bus here. But uh-huh. do you have any recollection of an experience when you were a mom where your mom, your mother-in-law, or another like older woman gave you advice or said something that was a very unhelpful, that you did not have a good experience in how you handled it when you were a new mom, maybe yes. with Alex. So just so you guys know, listening, Alex, so Kathy, I should have prefaced this, but Kathy has three wonderful children of her own, one of whom is my husband, obviously a huge fan of him, huge fan of her other daughters, <laughs> um, who are all like very happy, well-adjusted, nice, normal people. So clearly something right. went right. Um, but you had three kids. So, I, yeah. Yes, um, very clearly. And this was with my mother. Um, back in the day when uh, Alex was born, he was my first, um, I would I nursed all my children. And um, nur- Alex was early, and he was small, and the nursing process was very difficult. And uh, my mother was on hand. She came to our house to help out. But she had never nursed us because it really was a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Back, um, I'm sure... Other mothers did of that age, but my mother did not and did not understand it and was thought it was sort of insane to be trying to um, get a little milk into this tiny little person who was, it seemed like he was dropping weight as he, you know, when he got home. And she was not supportive of it at all. And that was hard. And yeah, uh, and that was, a, that was our first real... Mm-mm mom you don't get it and um and she didn't get it and but that that's fine I stuck to my guns and um I nursed him for 10 months so (laughs) it worked and it worked with my girls but that was a problem yeah and you know what is so interesting about that I mean not only is that so relatable to so many people whatever your feeding journey is I think a lot of people get 
looks and shame and questions and things about the way they feed. But I also think it's really interesting. I remember you telling me that story a couple of years ago. And I think it's really interesting because now like the tides have changed so much that it's almost like I think people more get judged in our generation if they don't nurse, which is equally ridiculous. But I think it's a good reminder to all of us that not only is it complete BS that anyone's giving you an opinion about how you feed, that's your choice and your your decision, but that like the same person 50 years ago might have said the opposite thing. It's just right. a matter of like what they were told in their time, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Like that, you know, when she was raising kids, it was like gauche to nurse. Exactly. It was like, yeah, you use formula. You can use formula. Um, really interesting. So when you found out because we were the first so now also for you guys to know kathy has several grandchildren so she has another grandchild um from alex's sister carolyn as well so you have what how many is that four four (laughs) it's hard Mm -hmm. for me to count one extra for my own child (laughs) um but when you found out that alex and i were having a baby and then you found out carolyn was having a baby like what were you excited about for being a grandma and was there anything you were like nervous or anxious about or like i don't know worried about stepping into that role for the first time I don't think I was ever worried about stepping into the role. I was, I'm a worrier by habit, and that my only concern was that the babies would be healthy and fine and everything would go well for, for you guys. So, no, I, I was thrilled, thrilled. I can remember it was so cute the way, the way Brittany and Alex told me for, um, for the first time that they were having a baby. I was at their apartment in New York City, and... Um, I really had no idea. Um, oh, yeah, you were shocked. Like, that wasn't a fake shock. You were no. like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Brittany hands me this little paper. It's a package wrapped up, um, and it's it's clear it's a small little book. And I open it up, and it's um, the Berenstain Bears. You're going to be a grandmother or something of that ilk. And I looked at it, and I kind of, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I went crazy. I think I cried, but it, yeah. So it was, it was thrilling. It was very thrilling, and it was equally thrilling when I heard my daughter was going to have a baby. Um, and then you had two more, so it's it's a wonderful journey. Yeah, every time. I feel like it's equally exciting every time. I mean, yes. yeah, right. Yes. As a mom, it is too. So, um, okay, this is all very, very good, interesting intel. Um, so, have there been moments? I mean. If there have been, you've done a really good job of concealing them from me personally. But have there been moments where Carolyn or I, and poor Carolyn is not on this podcast. She's like, why mm-hmm. am I involved? But have there been moments with us where like we've made a decision that you were like, that's not what I would do. And how do you, because I, I honestly think this is really important for people to understand because I'm sure those moments have happened, but you haven't been judgmental to us and said things. Like in those moments, what do you tell yourself so that you don't get into a place of conflict with Alex or Carolyn or me or Kevin or whoever? Um, there have been moments, yes, for both families. Right. But um, actually, my husband Peter has been very helpful about that. And he's got his, it's a second marriage for us both. And he has three daughters who have children. And we both have realized um, that we can't give advice, um, it's not welcome. Um, for the most part, I mean, for I think for some things I wouldn't hesitate if I really was concerned about something. But for the everyday little, you know, what time you, you know how you handle feeding and sleeping. Well, of course, Brittany, you're a genius at that. But um, I, no, 
it's not worth it to me to um, interfere. And um, I might not agree, but I know that my relationship with you all is more important. And I remember when my mom gave me advice, I didn't want it for the most part. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I took a, little a page bit of hindsight. from that. Yes, yes. 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 Remembering so how I, it felt. I zip it up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the one thing I hope I carry with me when I become a grandma, hopefully God willing, one day, is remembering the experience of being a mom and just trying to put myself in that place again and and know that, especially when somebody just had a baby, they're just not, they're not open to much at all. Right. <laughs> Advice from anyone, exactly. probably. Exactly. Um, okay. So we have a few questions okay. that came up. So Kate said... How do you deal with unsolicited advice from in-laws? So we sort of touched on that. I mean, I haven't really gotten any from you, but I think if I did, I would probably just not. I, I think my take is the same as yours, right? It's the same as you thinking I don't, the relationships are more important than me inserting my opinion. I would feel the same way. Like my relationship with you is more important than getting annoyed that you told me to give Teddy I a vegetable. I think I can tell a couple of times I may have said something and I can th- I can see from your expression oh, and your, oh, that, no. oh no, oh, I'm shit. not going, no, no, what no I don't, no, nothing. This is a just, live therapy session, guys. No, no, I can tell that you're you're thinking, I don't think so. And <laughs> and that's fine, I, I, but that's fine. You know, we're, we're grownups and no, the, nothing big. But, um, totally. Yeah. So I think we're both mature adults and we did, you know, like I feel, and it wasn't child related, but one time we did have kind of like a disagreement when Alex and I were engaged and I, I remember it and you had like heard that I'd said something and instead of like festering and being annoyed at me, you took me to lunch and you were like, Hey, somebody said this came up and I was like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I think it was misinterpreted, but either way you know we're having this conversation and it was like very mature and adult mm. and we moved past it good. and I think yes. that's like a good way to just Definitely. be an adult right yes. so yes. whether or not the person you are communicating with is an adult as well and is acting like one I think that's the best you can do right is just try to be mature about it um Amy said <laughs> was Brittany's husband a good sleeper uh, um boy I assume as a baby yeah, oh, yeah. he's a great sleeper now. He's asleep as we speak. He's, yeah, he's currently asleep. That, that's cute. Thinking of him sleeping. Um, yes, he was a good sleeper, and I certainly had none of the um, built-in habits and formulas that Brittany has, which would have made him even better. But um, I think he was a pretty good sleeper. I don't. Oh, he did have. <laughs> he did have terrible ear infections. Um, when he was younger, so when those festered, he w- he was pretty unhappy and sleeping was tough. He also, I just remembered that <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back. He would um, wake up in the middle of the night and he'd walk into our room. He was walking, so he wasn't an infant, and he'd just say, "Bad dream, bad dream," and we'd let him cl- crawl into bed with us. Oh, well, this, little Alex. Uh-huh. And this but this became kind of a, then it became kind of come in, and bad dream, bad dream, and then get, you know. <laughs> so it lasted for a little bit, but um, it was easier to deal with him like that. But no, that was it. He, Yeah, he was a good sleeper. Yeah. Normal kid stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, if your kid's doing that, we can fix it. Um, a <laughs> little pitch right there. Um, okay, Tiffany asked our last question. At what point did you both feel comfortable enough to take on the first child without supervision? I think what she's saying is like, when did we both feel comfortable with like me leaving Teddy with you, the first oh. child? Which I mean, that was, he was, I think he was eight weeks old. I mean, he was tiny. I had a, I had an interview in LA when we were living in New York because I, I, that was when we just found out Alex was going to transfer to LA. Oh, I forgot And about I flew that. overnight Right. And you were with him. I think you yes. were the one with because Alex yes. was working. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm sure I was more nervous than Brittany was. Uh, n- I think neither of us were comfortable. We had to. I was terrified. First of all, I was in a New York City apartment. Then I didn't... I grew up in New York, but I, did, I still didn't know the city that well. I was concerned about finding my way around and the stroller and the elevator and getting locked out of the apartment and (laughs) so it wasn't about really Alex it was the logistics of um of you know making sure nothing happened and that's one thing I I pride myself knock on wood it's kind of nothing can happen to my kids on my watch now but I really was an attentive mother and a hovering mother you could say and um I believe that you gotta watch him like a hawk so nothing happens so yeah yeah and i did well luckily at nine weeks he wasn't going anywhere much. no but i was still watching him (laughs) (laughs) well i appreciate it i actually remember on that because he was so little i think he was eight or nine weeks i remember being in the cab back from jfk and calling you and it was like 1 a.m. and I could hear him like screaming in the background and you were like I'm about to make a bottle and I was like don't make a bottle because I mean my boobs were exploding I was like I was in so much pain I hadn't you know I pumped on the plane and I remember racing back and you were holding him in the (laughs) darkness and I was like grabbed him to feed yeah Um, wow that seems so long ago it seems so long ago since uh, Kathy just finished reading him a book and he's now in his bed Um, Hardy Boy the Hardy Boy book he's like a totally different person now right Um, Okay, those are all of our questions. Do you have any parting words of advice? Because I think the majority of people who are most interested in listening to this are people who are about to approach the holidays and they're going to be seeing Mm, their in-laws or parents and they're stressed about it. So what's your advice? I find the holidays very stressful, especially with in-laws and different ways of, you know, um, conducting the holidays. Um, I think just... um, take it easy it's not life-changing all this stuff and we just need to be kinder to one another and um, breathe deep take naps if you have to um, and uh, have a good glass of wine at night (laughs) you definitely need a glass of wine and I would say try and I realize this is this is not the the time for the conversation of like a narcissistic toxic relationship or something like that that needs a different approach but Let's assume that um, the in-laws are well-meaning and they just say things that make you roll your eyes. Just remember that they're well-meaning and they don't remember. It was a long time ago when they had a baby and their advice is probably coming from a good place. I just try to tell myself that, not just with in-laws, with people in general, that people usually come from a good place and they don't always say the right things. But, you know, just keep that in mind as you're drinking your wine. (laughs) That they love you and they love your kids and that's what matters. Well said, my dear. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on. I feel honored to have been asked. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great holiday. Um, Tata, as of now, is not offering calls, um, paid calls, to (laughs) walk you through in-law conversations, maybe next year, um, for a new side hustle. 
and we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Brittany. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.